Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's what's your your weird story? Hello, Weirdsville. Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. I am your host, Barry Johnston, and with me, as always, my best friend, Adam Beebe. How are you, Adam? I am doing all right, all things considered. How about yourself, my friend? Doing well, slightly caffeinated, probably need mm. a little bit more, but uh, I'm feeling pretty good, man. I, um, You know, I got on this kick yesterday. I was watching a bunch of crazy uh, YouTube stuff, and then that mm-hmm. led me over to, I started, you know, we had talked before about the Unsolved Mysteries um, mm-hmm. Netflix series that's coming oh, yeah. out, and uh, I finally finished that, and God dang, there's some good ones on there. Yeah, dude. Yeah, the one that really, of course, captured uh, my interest was the UFO story. Which was, mm-hmm. um, if you guys haven't watched it yet, you should check it out because it's an abduction story that takes place on the East Coast, and I've never heard it before. Um, yeah. Not that I'm the guy that knows all uh, UFO type stories or abduction stories because I don't, but it was a story that you would think would have much more coverage than what it does. Golly, it was fascinating, man. You know, and it seemed like, you know, it seemed like it was was, legitimate. Yeah, it definitely had a lot of um, legitimacy legitimacy to it. Sorry. I don't know what happened with my mouth there. (laughs) But um, it was a mass abduction, which you don't hear a lot about. Yeah. Um, But this is a mass abduction. I think it was like back in the 60s. Yeah. And it was a lot of little kids that got taken up. Right. And it was a in Massachusetts in 1969. It was a mass uh, UFO uh, abduction, and uh, it was in uh, Berkshire's yeah. uh, Berkshire, Massachusetts. Yeah, and you don't hear a lot of those types of stories. And I thought the most compelling thing about it was the witnesses themselves, the and mm-hmm. the, not necessarily the people that even got abducted, but the folks that witnessed. Like there was one lady that saw. Uh, one of her friends get pulled into the UFO and she was outside mm-hmm. and had, had seen him get, you know, basically he disappeared. Uh, he was running mm-hmm. in place. I don't want to give too much away, but then, and then disappeared. And, and I don't know, it's just, it's, it's timely. They did touch upon the, uh, the Navy uh, tapes that had come out. And then of course, um, you know, with with all the stuff that's come out since then, it's just it's it's just more, you know, more stories that are are going to get more um, coverage that we probably weren't very privy to, and I think a lot of people mm-hmm. probably kept it to themselves. They talked a lot about that, you know, why why would we want to come out and talk about this, you know, because mm-hmm. it was a small town and. There was a bunch of small towns around there that were um, people saw it, and uh, not even the the local police um, got that much information on this stuff mm. because 
Because I think a lot of it was just sort of poo-pooed, you know, and it was just sort of shoved over and people just thought, ah, you know, these, it's a bunch of crazy people out there. So, yep, um, yep. But it was cool. So, yeah, worth checking out for sure. All of those are, yeah. Most, like we said previously, most of them are uh, kind of murder mystery kind of things, except for that one, which yeah. was, uh, but yeah. still, all around, really well great. done. Yeah, great stuff. And uh, also uh, check out the uh, Hellier series. Um, yeah. Both those two seasons on Amazon Prime, and uh, those are really good. And uh, a lot, if you like this kind of stuff that we normally talk about, you know, um, you definitely want to check it out because it's got, it's got it all. It's It's got got everything. It's it's a documentary series and, you know, it's got every kind of thing, you know, from UFOs to ghosts to Bigfoot to goblins. That's what it all starts off as about goblins and uh, to magic to everything. I mean, it's, it literally has it all. Yeah. Um, so and then I think they're working on the third series as well. So it's got to go somewhere because mm-hmm. we were talking. You you sent me a text before. You're like, man, you got to check the series out, right? And I was like, okay. And that kind of, you know, I've got a list of stuff that to go through, mm-hmm. and I, I it was on my list. And then my wife was like, you need to watch that. So I started watching it, and uh, yeah, I made it through the first two seasons, which is five. They're each five um, episodes, and uh, no, I think the first one's five or six, and the second one's like ten. Either way, it doesn't matter. I mean, I just, yeah, what, whatever it is. But I made it through it like fairly quickly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I just got sucked into it, you know. Yeah, dude. So. I did. I did. Um, I did it in two days. Yeah. Um, I did. I did like most of it in. Uh, the, I got uh, three days. I take that back. I did most of season one in, uh, or half of season one in one night, then half of the next night, and then the next day, um, I had. Where you know I had off, so I have, I watched you know all ten episodes. Yeah, late to the night, and I stayed up way late into the night. Right, uh, both yeah. times. Yeah, all well, three times. Really, yeah, watching this stuff, but it, very compelling, very well done as far as uh, documentary style. It's fun. Um, it's got a lot of strangeness. It's got stuff that you might be dismissive of. It just kind of depends on um, your own personal stance on a lot of this stuff because you know we all we know that everybody's got different varying opinions on in this field um because you know we don't have precise sciences right and we don't have you know precise measurements and all that stuff you know because this is everything that's outside of that bit of perception so yeah a lot of rabbit holes to go down that's for sure yeah 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 but definitely worth checking out so yeah yeah. Well, speaking of fun, we have a fun guest. I mean, this is one of the most, I think, the funnest interview that we did, just because it's so outside of the norm of what we usually talk about. Mm-hmm. And it was incredibly educational. Yes, it was, indeed. Our guest today is yet another member of uh, our favorite freak show family, the uh, Cutthroat Freak Show. Today we have Wendy, a.k.a. Queen Monkey. And uh, she's got some really, it's almost a lecture, or I guess this is actually kind of more interview style than anything we've done, like you said. But um, she is a, a body piercer, body modifier, you know, piercing artist. And then she's <laughs> also a burlesque performer who incorporates the 
piercing into her own show so really we learned a lot <laughs> we did we did yeah it's really fun it's a really it's a really great time and uh so let's get to queen monkey queen monkey what is your weird story hello hello i have a plethora of weird stories but the first one that always comes to mind as a piercer of 23 years in north carolina my favorite was the 93-year-old gentleman who came into the studio trying to get me to actually pierce his actual testicle, not the scrotum, not the sack, things that I've done many times in the past. The actual testy itself oh. wanted me to take a 10-gauge needle and just pierce right through it so we'd have a barbell going straight through it. Oh my! And I'm trying to explain to this gentleman that that was <coughs> most likely going to destroy the function. <laughs> That was going to so what? Was, <laughs> yeah, it's going to make it kind of not work as properly as it should. It's, yeah. it's going to be detrimental to manhood. Oh, um, he then oh, tried uh, to explain to me that it, it'll be fine because he's already had the head removed completely. Oh, oh my gosh. So Where? me being as big as I am, I was like, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> well, you After kind of have to at this, that point. We've already had this lengthy conversation about what he's asking for won't work, and I pretty much put the proposal out there, let me see, and then I'll go ahead and do this. We'll see what happens. That's when the backtracking begins. <laughs> ah. Interesting. Oh, my. Me also trying to explain to him that if I do this procedure on him he's requesting, I'm going to see it anyway. Yeah. So just let me see it. So that was... The first time I had someone come in trying to mess with the weird people or the tattooed people or that type of thing, thinking he was going to freak me out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> How I specialize in, in genitals. Uh, <laughs> yeah. On any, you know, male, female anatomy. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy, you said he was 93? 93. Oh my God. Um, he ended up being a, a, a client after that for a while, so I did do some genital piercings on him. He did not have the head of his dick removed, anything ah. like that. Right, I know, yeah. yeah. Still, at 93, like, that's a long time to go without your dick being pierced. Like, wh yeah. why? Like, why, what, what is, why at 93? Did you ever, did you ever <laughs> get that out of them? Why? Uh, actually, a lot of my clients, as far as uh, older male Southern type gentlemen, because of where I'm at, um, it's not an uncommon request to get genital piercings once they get to a certain age. Typically, it's after their spouse has passed away. Okay. Uh, typically, it's a kink or a fetish that they've been into. Okay. But either their partner was not into it, or they were scared to tell them, so they right. waited till they passed away. To be like, hey, I'm going to get this done. Wow. So a lot of them, it's yeah. always been a fantasy or a fetish just to have it done. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say the fact that he didn't show you uh, the initially the uh, the head that was removed. He was totally a cock tease. <laughs> Pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He just wanted to see. I think he just wanted to push that envelope and see what would happen. Right. Right. Kind of deal. And then when I didn't get freaked out and got really intrigued, was like, let me see it. <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. It's like, yeah, you're coming into the wrong establishment to try That's to freak funny. someone out. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. 
yeah, a lot. I've I had a lot of friends who are both piercers and tattoo artists, and like, you guys are. I mean, obviously, you see, do you see a lot of humanity physically? So you guys go through a lot, and you see a lot, and there's very little to uh, that you haven't seen, or in that very little that to, to shock you guys or scandalize you, because oh, uh, oh absolutely. Like, and that's everybody that I've known who's in that in the field. It's, it's totally like that. So, so that's funny. That's so funny. It can also go the polar polar opposite way as well. Um, my favorite clients typically are are couples of sorts trying mm. to spice things up and whatnot. And it's amazing how much humans do not know their own anatomy, and they're terrified to look at their own anatomy. Huh. And. Yeah, they have no idea about their parts. They're just like, I want to get this done. And it's like, do you know where that's at? And they're like, no, I have no idea. <laughs> oh. Have you ever looked at a mirror? And they're like, no, never, not at all. Um, so I've actually been able to somewhat help people be comfortable with their anatomy, and especially couples, and actually really explore each other and learn things about each other and right. expand their sexual relationships, which is what I mainly want to do. Well, that's great. That's good. Yeah. That's needed. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I know a lot of the... Um, in the conservative areas there, like in the South and like where we grew up in Oklahoma, um, there, you know, I mean, you're just not really taught a lot about your junk. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, w- women will be told more because you've got to, you know, you have to deal with your, the, your period and everything, but you know, dudes are just like, it's hard or it's not. And that's about it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. And if you, yeah. you'll go blind. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. My my oh, yeah. my sex talk with my dad was, do we need to have the talk? And I said no. And he said, okay then. You know, that was it. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. more than I. That's more than I got out of my dad. I mean, man. Yeah. The, that's one thing I'm really proud of with the the up and coming generations because sexuality is is something that is getting more open and people talk about it and they're not afraid to talk about it and that right. type of thing. So a lot of my clientele with genital piercings because that's mainly what I do. Um, is getting a little bit younger. It's it's in their mid twenties type of thing. Yeah. It's not someone that's you know older couples that that are trying to spice up their life. It's actually people that are exploring themselves and they actually know what they want and that type of thing. So it makes me really proud when I have these younger clients come in that know exactly what they want to do and they want it to do a next amount of thing. But they'll ask me. They're like, "Is this is for this?" Right. And it's like, Right. But they actually are a little bit more informed than my generation was, for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure because I mean, they, you know, they do. They grew up with access to the internet. You know, they grew up with all right. the information. And when you have that, you, you know, you're more well armed. The more information you have, typically, the more well you are armed you are when you, uh, if you access it, if you make use of it. You know, that's uh, so. Yeah, that would be. I never really thought about that, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, most of us. I mean, it, with, with my generation, you know, we, we stumbled along, you know, we found a porno magazine or a Playboy or, right. you know, I had an older brother, so, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the way you discover things. It's exactly. It's like, oh, okay, all right. Where now it's just yeah. Yeah. That's exactly. in a way. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, when you think back, it's like I, I remember uh, my neighbors got the, a dish, and this dish was, I'm not kidding you, man, it was the size of a house. It was huge. 
but they could they could tune into this was in the eighties. They could tune into the uh, the porn yeah. channels, you know, and yeah. that's how we learned about stuff, man. I mean, we and we yeah. were young. We were nine, eight, yeah. nine, ten years old, and we're like, "What is going on here?" You know, we had nobody to to explain stuff to you, so you're kind of in the dark, and then and then that leads to you know unsafe practices as you get a little older. Oh, right. You know, because you're yeah. you're trying to mm-hmm. do what you see on film and not knowing that, you know, there's some things that you need to know before you dive in. And, uh, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I think I think as far as that's concerned, I think it's great, man. You know, so. Well, Barry, I can remember uh, and I think, uh, Wendy, you'll find this story a little bit humorous, too. Um, but I can remember the exact day when we learned uh, what. Uh, what erections were for, and or woodies as they were called, right. and uh, and and so I, I remember the day we learned about sex, and, and Jay Whipple, uh, who was a, one of our mutual friends growing up, um, was fourth grade, and we were on the playground, and Jay comes running up to us. He's like, "Guys, guys, there's probably a group about, you know, six, seven of us." He's like, "Guys, guys, I know what a, a woody is for." We're all like, "What? Did, what? You know? What do you mean? What it's for? It just happens." He's like, "No, no, no," and he's like, "A guy gets a Woody and he puts it in the girl's vagina," <laughs> and we're like, "Whoa!" Whoa. Just what? mind blown. You know, we're just like, "We don't even know." Whoa! Yeah. And so then we're, you know, and that's a huge revelation. So then the next day, Jay comes to us. And he's like, "I've got more to tell. I've got more to tell. This is hot information. You all need to know this." Not only do boys get woodies, but girls get something called a stumpy. (laughs) (laughs) So for the longest, and I'm not, I'm not lying about this. For the longest time, for a number of years, I thought that girls had to get whenever girls got aroused that somehow there was some kind of like you know stumpy kind of like where they would I guess I don't know what would happen. (laughs) It was supposed to be part of it. So that's great. It sounds like Jay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. I think his dad was probably, you know, the one pulling. Oh yeah, pulling a fast. That's one, hilarious. So. <laughs> so, have you ever had to pierce a stumpy? Is my next question. Um. Well, when I when I hear you say stumpy, automatically I think about you know the clit gets engorged. So it's got to be is the clit, well, you know, the stumpy yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would. I would. Yes. Um. Typically, a vertical hood is going to work the best for the uh, for the female. For example, as far as location, you know, you've always heard the phrase "little man in a boat." We're peers in the boat, not the man. <laughs> 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 but the jury will have contact with the clitoris. So, mm-hmm. depending on the situation, um, if it's oral stimulation, then it's going to rub up against the clitoris. So, for someone that's fresh to having it done and it's healed, of course. Um, it's gonna kind of feel like two people if you've got the right partner, but I will also say, if you have the right partner, it's not necessary. <laughs> right. So over time, it's just adornment, and as long as it doesn't get in your way or cause issues with your life, it can be a cute little thing. But most female genital piercings are decorative. There's not much stimulation that's gonna oh. come from it. Yeah, uh, most piercings that's gonna cause any type of stimulation is gonna be on. A male. It's going to be on a penis. Huh. So whether you're straight, gay, whatever, okay. that's when the partner's going to have stimulation from it. And it really does depend on the person. It depends on their sexuality, what they're into, and that kind of thing. So that's what I try to find out the most. 
before right. we do any um so it's weird sometimes because you you do have to get personal with people um and their sex life because it's like i want to be able to execute what's going to work for them not just to be sure. like hey you know right it's, it i don't see it any different as doing an earlobe but when it comes to those types of piercing it is a little different because it's gonna affect their lives a little bit more right so, sure it's so, not like a little hoop or outer helix you know what i mean <laughs> like right. when you have an adornment that affects your life and your partner sure sure so um what's the most popular genital genital piercing for uh for men uh the most common there's two different ones actually uh there's a pa um mm -hmm. let's see uh are you familiar with the PA? I don't know if our audience is. Um, that's, a, that's the classic Prince Albert, I believe. Yeah. Um, so basically, on the underside of the head, on a male, the, basically the head's kind of mushroom-shaped. There's a little V and there's a little webbing. And right where that webbing is, we're going to pierce through that tissue into the urethra and out of the urethra. So there's going to be a ring hanging. You can also do a reverse PA, but that typically is uncomfortable for the male. I could see um, yeah. It all sounds uncomfortable to me right at this minute, but but yeah, go ahead. So <laughs> one of those piercings that looks more impressive than it actually is because it's going through very little actual tissue. It's very very soft tissue. Mm. The main thing is entering the urethra, and it's going to bleed. So I always tell right. guys when they get it, you're going to get your first period. Yeah, so they're going to bleed <laughs> for about three to seven days. Um, but you put panty liners in your underwear, no one's going to know it. It's fine. No one has to know your life and that kind of thing. Right. But the purpose of the PA is for deeper penetration. Huh. So it really depends on the person. Like if I have someone come in that's got length to them, don't get a PA. You might kill your partner. Right. <laughs> but if they have girth, then yeah, go for it. Go for a PA. It's going to feel comfortable. Huh. Um, the next one is going to be a frenum, which is the underside of the shaft. Um, this is always a fun one because guys will come in and ask me, they're like, what exactly is that part where you're piercing when you do a frenum? Um, the principle of it is like a ribbed condom. So you're adding a barbell to the underside of the shaft. So, mm, yeah. for example, when, you're, when your shaft itches and you grab that tissue and rub it together to get rid of the itch, that's what I'm piercing. Okay. Yeah. And we can do them from the base of the head all the way down to the shaft. Um, and that's when you get a Jacob's ladder. Oh, wow. Wow. Right. You can also do what's called a frontum lorem ladder, which the jewelry will go all the way from the shaft all the way down to the scrotum, to the bottom side of the scrotum. Okay. I think a, I think a friend of mine who was a piercer had something like that. He said he always told me, and of course now this is 15, no, this is 20 years ago. So he could have more, but he said he always had like I think he said, um, like twenty six piercings below the waist. Yeah. So yeah, but wow. and, uh, so every time he walked around, it sounded like he had a pocket full of change. But he, yeah, yeah, right. He jingled, jingled, jingled. <laughs> so can you do it? One of my favorite jokes I always tell guys like that. It's like if you're looking for like one of those high end Richie Gold Digger type ladies then that's what you do. You put gold in all of those and look for a gold digger. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so is there any, what do you call it, or is this a thing if you do a spiral around the outside of the penis, you know, so it's like a... Okay, yeah. <clears throat> Basically what you're doing is you're taking a frenum piercing, um, and this one's always a fun one with guys too because 
there's a weird cross there where you're trying to help your client, but you're not trying to get that intimate with them. Mm-hmm. Because what you do is you have a frenum piercing, which is the underside of the shaft, mm-hmm. and you can do a captive bead, which is the ring with the bead in the middle, or you can do the circular, which is the ring with the two balls on the ends. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what I need them to do is go home, get hard, take a string, put it all the way around it while it's erect, so and then tie it together and make a little knot, get soft, slide it off. So I have a proper diameter. Ah, okay. Oh. how round they are when or girth whenever they're hard so you can take a hoop and put it in the frenum flip it over the head when you're soft and as you get erect we get a ring that's one size too small and it will feel tight around the shaft of it or the head wherever the placement of the piercing is at huh. so when you're having intercourse it's even tighter hold on wait okay i think we're I, I, this is interesting so it's kind of like what you're saying sort of I think um, is when it's so <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like I guess kind of like in Cochrane, right? Where you're going. Yes. Um, I got to make sure my mom doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> um, so sorry, Kathleen. But, yeah. But so like, uh, so, sorry, mom. So yeah. Um, so okay. So what I'm think what I was thinking of is if, if you did it like in a spiral around. Kind of like, uh, you know, those spiral staircases that go up and the penis would be the shaft. But what you, I think you're describing is that you, you pierce it with a hoop and then when it's soft, you flip the hoop over. And then when you get when it gets hard, then it's like that's like the cocker, like a cochrane goes around the, the, the penis. Yeah, correct. But if someone okay. has multiples of them. There are custom jewelry makers out there specifying okay. in this genre. <laughs> so you wow. send them their, your actual specifications as far as the distance from each piercing that you have, and they can make one piece of jewelry that will spiral completely around the shaft. Wow. Depending on how many piercings you have. So if you have, you know, six or eight frenums and measure the distance in between, there's a company that will make a piece of jewelry that will spiral into each one of those. And do the same effect, but on the full shaft, not just in one specific spot. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. Man, that's pretty elaborate. That's getting pretty elaborate, man. I, I had no idea. I really want people to have really good sex. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Interesting. So. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, it begs the question: Is jerking off a possibility anymore? I mean, I guess, right? I, I mean. Oh yeah. Okay. Once something. You do do either of you have like an ear piercing? Yeah, I used huh? to, yeah I used to. Okay, so once that tissue was healed, you could pull on it, you could right. play with it, like anything would be fine. Right. So once the tissue gets nice and healed, okay. the tissue gets tough enough, it gets to where it can it can acclimate that. It can definitely handle that absolutely. Gotcha. Um, and someone can get more enjoyment just from that piece of jewelry. Interesting. That I makes also. Sense. It, I think it would probably also pull the jewelry and get yeah. satisfaction. Mm. I think it would be. It also would probably uh, depend on how vigorously uh, you do it, Barry. I would imagine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're, if you're very aggressive, yeah, you're right. very aggressive. Some people are into assertiveness. That's right, true. Right. Right. That's true. So you can also get. Uh, you know, there are AIDS. Um, there's like you know, like like the. Uh, uh, Flashlight. Oh, and right. Stuff yeah, like yeah. That. I've seen those. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. Could use that. That would right. make it easier. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Interesting. So now we're going to. Man, I'm learning. So here. Ma- maybe now we'll 
get sponsored by Fleshlight. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay, that, so now yeah. we know all about the. Uh, well, not all. I'm sure. I'm sure there's quite a bit more that we uh, still need to to hear. But what about the? Uh, what about for women? What kind of? What are the bet? Not the bets, but you know, what are the ones that? You know, the popular ones for that because I know that this is. I know a lot of our stuff. This is this is more interview than we've probably ever really done before. We're asking specific questions. Well, we need we need an education. Is, we need to set yeah, the this is, yeah this the set set the ground rules here. What yeah, what are we talking this about? Is extremely educational. Um, right. We really appreciate. Yeah, happy to do it. Um, the most common for females is going to be uh, a hood, typically mm-hmm. a vertical hood. I don't recommend a horizontal. Um, a female's anatomy is very vertical. It goes that direction. Um, and if you're going to do it, do it for yourself. I'm not trying to be selfish there or anything, but, you know, you want to get stimulants from it. And typically <laughs> how it works is for a female to have that piercing done, it's a, ma- it's a magnet for men so or the, whoever their partner is. Um, as soon as they see that they have a genital piercing, because most females don't tell their partner they have them, they want them to discover it. Um, that's part of the excitement sometimes. Um, but it's it's a bullseye. They know exactly where to go as far as if someone has any issues with finding the clitoris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they can do that. Yeah. That's, that's, um, there you go. Good for young men. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Definitely. Young men right. need a roadmap. Yes, yes. <laughs> took me years of research. I was in the library for days and weeks at a time. Um, so, yeah, yeah. That would have helped out. Uh, for, and and know, every, every girl's different. So, it's you know yeah. what I mean? It's like... Unless you know, again, going back to our conversation about just not having any knowledge of this kind of stuff when you're growing up, right. nobody tells yeah. you about it, you know what I mean? And girls' bodies are just so much more sophisticated than, than a man, you know what I mean? With a dude, you know what you got, you know? Right. You would actually be surprised how many females don't know what they have. Mm. Um, I have discovered over the years how many women, you know, you, you know, there's always girls that are like, oh, I don't masturbate, I wouldn't do that. Right, girls that have been masturbating in the wrong spot. Ah, so you know they have no idea until I'm like, oh, we're going to pierce this spot. Um, especially if someone has a very full, thick hood, because mm-hmm. we're all different on how we're shaped. I have more women come in that are embarrassed about their bodies as far as like their genitals or especially nipple piercings. They mm-hmm. before they take their bottoms or tops off, they go, okay, well, mine looks different. Okay, well, everyone's does. You're yeah. not alone. It's right. totally cool. Um, well, that's because, unfortunately, that's because it's kind of like, that's kind of shame that we've built into kind of in our in our culture. And it's, you know, we need to get, we are there again with the young people, there's definitely a bigger push towards body acceptance and less body shaming and, and, and all that. So that's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. But it's still, you know, something that is, you know, we've, we're, that's a cultural revolution that we're just starting to ride on. So. Right. But I, I have a lot of women come in that say have like a, a fuller, thicker hood, and they haven't gotten stimulation before because mm-hmm. you actually have to move their hood out of the way to get right. to the clitoris. So mm-hmm. by putting a piercing there, it's almost like they have become aware of a body part that they have had their whole lives. <laughs> it's like, no, this is where it's at. This is what you can do with it. And you can mm-hmm. do it all by yourself if you want to. Interesting. <laughs> it's Interesting. It's thing to do, you know? Right. Um, and then there's... The other end of it, because like I said, typically if I have a female come in wanting a genital piercing but they don't know what they want, I always have them go for a hood because it's very thin tissue. It does not stay sore very long. 
It heals very quickly. It's very easy to take care of. So it's very low maintenance. And believe it or not, a hood is a very good starter piercer, piercing um, for any person as far as, as long as they're of age, of course. Um, but other than that, it goes to a, a further extreme kind of, um, a lot of women like to do the inner labias mm. because when they're having intercourse, their partner can pull the rings apart and spread them open. Oh. So ah. it can be a dominant thing. It can be a visual thing. All that stuff. Peering deeper into your partner, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Other than that, it would be the outer labias as well. So it really depends on how the female is shaped and if they have more predominant inner or outer labias, what's going to work best for them to get that stimulation, (laughs) depending on what they want. Um, It's always fun when when the partners come in together. Um, it's nice because they're supporting each other. They're there together. They're going through this like exploring and discovering each other kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I actually get to sit down with clients a lot of times if they are and ask them specific questions. It's like, what do you like? What do you like? Mm-hmm. What are you going for? What do you want to happen? The awkward parts when it's like, okay, now let me see your junk and see what we can do. <laughs> right, right. right. You can't tell what we can or cannot do on each client until you know what you're working with. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That just makes absolute right. sense. Right. Yeah, man. Wow. I, I've really never thought about it from that point of view. Uh, you know, you, you've got a lot of assessment going on with what you do. Mm. Uh, yeah. My main goal is to make the client happy. I don't want to do something on them that they're like, yeah, I got this done. And then I took it out, you know, a couple sure. months later because it wasn't yeah. doing anything for me. I don't want to waste their time, their nerve, their money, or their body healing something. Right. Sure. Something that's not going to work for them. But right. uh, over the years, I've had great success. It's it's actually been funny. Um, I've received flowers, thank you cards, edible arrangements, that's cherries, a- berries. That's awesome, <laughs> man. All kinds of stuff from clients, you know, oh, yeah. thanking me for re- you know revitalizing their sex that's life. That's cool, or- man. You know, I there's that's that's an important thing for for people. I think that. We've we've been given this idea that at a certain age or something that like you're just not supposed to have sex and enjoy yourself anymore, and it's right, yeah. you know and 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 it's like I think we're getting to the point where you know we're living longer, and and people are finding that you know there is like you know there's life after your kids leave the home there's you know there's life after retirement and it should be enjoyed and sex is one of those things that you know whatever you believe in god or 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 if you're atheist or whatever but it's it's something that we've been given as human beings to enjoy and that's a good thing man and and what you're doing yeah. i think is great i mean it's just not something that I don't think most people think about. When they think about piercings and stuff, they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, that's an odd thing, you know? And it's like, no, well, right. there's different reasons for people doing it. And you need to, you know, yeah. it's just, a, it's a, it's something that most people aren't educated on. Right. And it's like, a, I have a lot of clients that'll come in, especially couples. They're like, this is the first time we've ever been in a tattoo studio. Oh my God. Right. You know, yeah. We would never come here, blah, 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 blah. And then they realize that it's not a scary place. It's not yeah. like. The old, you know, 50s, 60s tattoo parlor, biker right. thing. Right. It's actually, no, we're artists and we're all very professional in what we do. And there is a goal in what we're trying to do, which sure. is either art or adorning, making you beautiful or, you know, yeah, right. enhancing my, your life in some way. My dad, um, my dad at the age of 70 got a tattoo. 
Oh, really? Yeah, dude. Fantastic. And it's it's like it's big, man. It it's it's it takes up his entire upper arm. It's it's a partial. Wow. It's like a partial sleeve. Wow. Yeah, he was just you know, and my dad is one of the most right wing you know conservative guys you'll ever meet, and gave me shit. Never said anything, but I know he wasn't happy when I started yeah. getting tattoos, you know, and then, you know, fast forward 30 years and now, you know, he's got a tattoo. I think it's great, man. You know, it's like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. You know, he yeah. found something that he wanted to, you know, uh, express and he did. And I think it's great, man. It, it's great how the acceptance has gotten better. Um, and I hate to say it because a lot of the tv shows and stuff like that annoy us on a daily basis because people think they can come in and get a sleeve in 45 minutes you know what i mean right, and, right. But it yeah. doesn't work that way but it it has helped our industry a lot as far as acceptance um i come from a family that is very conservative my grandfather was a primitive baptist preacher mm-hmm. um my dad was never into the tattoo piercing industry and stuff like that and then especially when i started performing and then especially when i started doing sideshow because Pretty much if I'm not needling people at the studio, I am needling myself on stage. So my dad was not jazzed about it. Sure. Um, but as it has gone along and uh, he's able to actually meet people and come into the studio and meet the people that I work with, my dad realizes that he's not into it, but there's nothing wrong with it. That's cool. Right. It's not bad. We're not. Yeah. There's too many people that feel like that those of us in this industry, whether it be the body modification industry or certain specific areas of sideshow think that we are self-harming, that we are mutilating ourselves. Right. And that is not what it is at all. It, it is just another art form. It's just expression. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. So before we get into that side of it, um, I do want to ask one, if I want to ask one question or I, I guess maybe two, um, what is the most, what's the most painful? I mean, I know everybody's got a different gauge, but generally, generally speaking, what would be the most on any body part, not necessarily on your junk, um, but what would be the most painful? Because I'm very curious what that would be. Um, as far as there's different levels of it, because you have to think about the nerve endings in the human right. body. Right. And you also have to think whether it's a male or female. Yeah. And that's just because females have a higher tolerance for pain. They don't right. know it nine times out of ten and tend to freak out. But even once we're done, they always go, oh, okay, that was yeah. easy. Right. Yeah. Um, well, you guys have babies. Men could not. You know, I mean. Exactly. You know, men freak out about, you know, kidney stones, which, I mean, you know, right. are painful in their own right. But, you know, right. it would be like us, you know, trying to, 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 to pee out a bowling ball. It, you know. Pretty much. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You know. Exactly. <laughs> um, as far as facial piercings go. Um, something like your uh, cheeks, uh, dahlias, anything that's going to go close to that cheek, muscle, mouth area, uh, Medusa, and it's not getting it done necessarily. It's the healing process. Um, that's What's- where tattoos and piercings are different. With tattoos, it's getting the tattoo that sucks. Healing it is easy. Right. Getting a piercing is easy. Healing it is the hard part. Um, cheeks take about a year to heal. You're going to be swollen for about four months. Damn. So it's a lot of discomfort with eating and speaking and talking and things of that nature. So as far as facial, I would definitely say cheeks or, or dahlias, which are going to be the corners, very corners of the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as genitals go, for a female, it's going to be uh, your vulvas uh, or Christina, which is the very outer 
top of the, the mound on a girl, basically. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, and that's because of clothing, rub, and nerve sensitivity. Right. There's a lot of nerve endings there that you don't realize that are there. Mm. So it, they kind of suck uh, in there. Um, for a male, it's definitely going to be an opodravia or an ampelang. Um, basically, those are going to go clear through the head, vertical and horizontal. Okay. Wow. Yeah. All right. So those are doozies. Those are ones that you're going to be sore. And I had a dude completely bite through. He put his wallet in his mouth when I did his opodravia bit so hard that he bit through his driver's license and two credit cards. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. Damn. I got um, my, I got I, my, I got my nostril pierced and that fucking hurt, man. I got a lot a of nostril. Oh, fuck. Yeah. It, it, a nostril is an achy, sharp pain. Oh. It is a very awkward sensation. Yeah. Because of that weird achiness that comes along with it. Oh, I it's was like a, I was crying like you a baby, it. man. It was like that tear duct was just like, you know. Those nerve endings are connected to your tear duct. So if we do nostrils, septums, high nostrils, nasalings, anything like that, you're going to water like crazy. It's uncontrollable. There's nothing you can do about it. It's going to happen. Yeah. And that one took a long time to heal. Now that I think about it, it took a while. I probably didn't do the best maintenance, though. I mean, I was pretty young. <laughs> I was pretty young. And that's the thing. It's, it's aftercare. And getting proper aftercare is very difficult right now because you. a lot of people rely on Google and YouTube way too much. And, right. for example, me, I don't let my clients take videos anymore when they're getting piercings done because that's when the drama queens come out. That's when people overact because they're acting they're doing right. a tiktok they're doing you know a snapchat they're doing some kind of thing um to show off yeah um but the the only things that are tend to be out there as far as information right now is information that's from like the 90s and people are trying to talk about an industry that they don't actually work in you make recommendations when oh i had my nostril pierced, so you should take care of it this way and it's right improper aftercare sure. um and with piercings they take longer to heal. It's not like a tattoo in two to three weeks, you're fine. A nostril can take five to six months to heal. A navel takes nine months to heal. So you have to be consistent with this aftercare. Right. So it's actually going to heal proper. Um, and most people don't have the patience. <laughs> yeah, sure. And I know a lot of the piercers now also don't want people to take images while they're um, doing it because they don't want people to try and do it at home. Exactly. You know, try to replicate the process and do it at home because, uh, you know, I mean, because that's going to end in disaster, you know, oh, yeah. nine to- 19 times out of 10. You know, exactly. I mean, that's just going to be, uh, you know, just like um, just just like don't give yourself a tattoo if you don't know how to do give tattoos. Exactly. That's just a bad idea. So. Because what they're using typically is safety pins, sewing needles, like right. whatever they can get their hands on. Um, or they can try to order stuff off of eBay or right. Amazon, and they're getting stuff that's from overseas. And there's a weird thing in the United States that drives me crazy. You can't manufacture low-grade metals or products in the United States, but you can import them. So a lot of the stuff these kids are getting from Hot Topic or online, they are coming from China, Korea, Taiwan. They're mass-produced, and they're low-grade metals. And a lot of people don't realize that you can get blood poisoning from a low-grade metal and die. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
So That's these kids can actually just try to do a nostril piercing on themselves, use a low-grade react, uh, metal, have a severe reaction, and not understand why, and then it just escalates yeah. from there yeah. until it's at the point of oh shit. Yeah, and that's not. That's good. That's good information right there. That is good. Yeah, absolutely. It's a lot of good information, and we appreciate you sharing all that with us. Yeah. Um, Thank you so for letting we, me share. And where is it again? That where's your shop located? What's the um, name of it? So that people can go and you know, especially once we get rid of, get past all of this restrictions from COVID and we get past that, right, then we right. can come and get. Um, I work for Golden Spiral Studios in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, we're downtown Greensboro area in the Arts District, Arts and Entertainment in, uh, in, uh, area. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a studio that's been there for at the current location thirteen years. They were at another location for about five years. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm very happy to be with the the crew that I'm with right now because they're all people that have been in the industry a long time. Awesome. Everyone is very specific to their talent very open with that so if we have clients come in want to get a specific type of piece done or you know piercing done and we can't accommodate it we're, we're honest we'll be like you don't want to talk to me you want to talk to this person that's cool. um so that's our main goal is to accommodate each client for their need and what they're wanting to have done that's great you know any reputable place that is doing things like tattoo work like piercing something that is with you and and that is it should be taken seriously and and you should you should treat it like that you know i've always told people that you know do your research when you're when you're going somewhere to get some work done pay a lot of money and go to somebody yep. good oh, yeah. do your research exactly it's it's going to be there forever yeah um i work with some phenomenal artists i don't i hope it's okay if i drop some names cuz i'm, I'm yeah, go ahead that I work with. Um, I work for Sean Carey. He's the owner of the studio. Um, one of the most amazing uh, traditional cha- uh, Japanese artists out there. Um, I also have Zach Crisp with us. He does very realistic type pieces, and it's amazing how quickly he can get done. Um, there's Luke Bleggan as well, who does hyper-realism and things of that nature. Um We've got some great up and comings that also have started with us. Marcus Lee and Sierra Jacobs um, doing pointillism, like that really tedious pointillism dot work mm-hmm. and hash mark type stuff that makes these nice. beautiful illustrations and it's all floral type stuff. So wow. we have a great diverse group of people with us. I think there's nine of us at the studio wow, right now. That's, <laughs> wow, that's wow. a big, that's a big studio. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, they've been in it for a while and working circuits of the conventions and stuff like that. Everyone's kind of on a, a weird hold right now. Right. Um, the, we can't work conventions right now as well, which is kind of suck. Hey man, did I ever tell you about this recent thing that happened to me? I was driving around in the country and it was just after dusk. So there's a little bit of light still coming on out of the sky, but it was mostly dark. I saw this black school bus. I don't think I've ever heard this. Okay, so I saw this black school bus. All the windows were tinted and it started following me for about 15 minutes. Whoa, no. Yeah. What, what did you do? I was at work. I was making deliveries and i just kept making my deliveries and like it would even stop and wait for me and (laughs) but it was never close enough to where i could see it or anything but it was following me man wow 
Dang. That's just an example of another really weird story that happened to me and that could have happened to you. You don't have to have a UFO encounter. You don't have to have seen the ghost of your grandmother. You don't have to know what Bigfoot smells like to have had a weird story. Basically, what we're saying is weird covers a lot of ground here on the What's Your Weird Story podcast. And we love hearing all of your stories, whether they're spooky, they're funny, they're bizarre, or they're just short, sweet, and unexplained. Kind of like our podcast. Now that you've fully informed us about piercing other people, um, you can now you can tell us about piercing yourself in public. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a wonderful crossover. I've been doing burlesque for years. Um, I was with Glitter Bomb Burlesque. It was me and my bestest, uh, uh, Wee D. Williams. Um, we were known for doing uh, duets, um, androgynous type stuff. Um, I was always interested in the circus and sideshow and that type of thing. So we were trying to incorporate some stuff of what we would do. But with traditional burlesque, it's very difficult. Um, mm -hmm. Not being shitty to traditional burlesque girls, please do not get me wrong, but they kind of snubbed their noses at us with what we were doing. Um, so over time, things kind of transitioned. Uh, my burlesque partner is in a wonderful band now. It's uh, Bob Fleming in the Canberra, uh, Canberra Iron Company. Um, and then I ended up meeting uh, everyone with the Cutthroat Freak Show. Um, saw what they were doing and was like, okay, there is a group out there that's doing fun stuff and I don't have to feel weird about it or awkward about it. And let's just try and see what's up. And I've always played with needles. So that's where I went with it. Cool. Um, <laughs> uh, I try to do something. My whole goal is to make burlesque creepy and sideshow pretty. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Something a bit different with it. Um, it can be very interesting as far as doing needling because some places are really into it. The crowds are always into it. It's the venues right. that <laughs> have a problem. Sure. Because <laughs> um, uh, there's certain places, and um, it's possible that I do it intentionally. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, place needles pre-show, so as when I pull them out on stage, I will automatically start bleeding. And some places don't like it when you get blood all over their stage. Sure. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so there's a little bit of precaution there, especially now with all that has happened. That makes me a little bit nervous with future performances, uh, having to go that extra mile barriers and such, because I don't want to get people freaked out about blood or contamination or anything right. like that. But um, it's always kind of interesting to, to see people's reactions and stuff. We've done a few of the uh, online shows, but it's very different not having the crowd there to sure. get all gassy and freaked out. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's got to be different. That's like doing stand-up yeah. comedy with, with no crowd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? or, 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 you know, playing in a band. And, right. I mean, I guess if you're playing in a band, it's a, it's it's definitely different, but it's less, you're, you know, because that would seem more like a practice rather than... Uh, you know, a performance, I suppose, but, uh, right. but yeah, but yeah, you definitely need, need you're definitely yeah. going for that feedback of the, you know, right. what I mean? so it makes a lot of sense. 100, 110%. Um, I also go for the, the weirder place, the more shock value type thing. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm always trying to even on stage, like, okay, I'm going to pierce here instead or there instead. And I've had moments of regret of, Oh my God, that hurt like fuck. I will never do it again. Yeah. <laughs> 
some places are worth it. <laughs> is it harder? Is it harder to pierce yourself? Does it hurt more? I mean, is that um, is that a thing or or not? And it's actually funny because when I deal with my clients, typically, yeah. I don't mean to sound like a weirdo here, but for me, no. This is a perfectly. This place is absolutely perfect to sound like a weirdo. So don't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Um, it's kind of weird because there's certain areas that I got to try pierce for the first time, uh, uh, maybe on stage, and you get a very hard adrenaline rush and very excited about it. So it's like, oh, I want to do that again. Mm, right. Fine. Right. Sure. Right. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, there's only been one that uh, I will still do. I have no problem with that. But uh, that dinero, that cheddar's got to be right for it, which is piercing <laughs> my mouth shut. Pierce your mouth shut. Pier- oh wow! Piercing my mouth shut. So yeah. one, one through, the, one through the top lip, one through the bottom lip. Is that what you do? Uh, basically, if you take the divot right under your nose, mm-hmm. pull that forward and grab your bottom lip and pull them forward mm-hmm. and pierce them together. Wow! Mm. Oh man! Yeah. I've seen performances where people have like sewn that shut. Yes. And of course, uh, there's also well, I can't remember. She was a performance artist. She was a burlesque and and dancer. She was I think she did adult films back in like the 70s or 80s. Annie, um, Annie Sprinkles, right? Is that her yeah, name? yeah. I think that yes. was it. I know who you are. Yeah. She, she sewed her vagina shut as part of performance. Don't ask work. me how I know that, but so, I think yeah. that's who it was. Yes. I of course I learned all about that in my art his, various art history classes. Yeah, and, uh, and and also on my own individual research right. uh, while I was there right. in college. I think yeah. I learned it from you, probably. Yeah, maybe. So. You know, <laughs> but yeah, that always works. That, that's there's a that's, trick to that one. I'm just not going to divulge it to you guys. Okay. Yeah, well, I that's that's I have yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you know, but yeah, that one is, of course, that I mean, just symbolically, that's incredibly powerful. But as far as like just. You know, uh, visually, and you, ju- that just seems like it would be <sighs> painful, I guess. <laughs> but if only I had venues to be able to perform it at, I, that's not a problem. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah, you're definitely not going to find too many of those down in the South, I think. No, so. no, no. Yeah, we have weird laws down on this this side of the of the world. Um, you have to be very careful with what you do. Uh, uh, Virginia, yeah. West Virginia is one of those places. Apparently, if you have boobs and booze together, then just mayhem and chaos is going to happen. They don't allow it. But you can reserve your own venue, like a private party kind of thing, have it be BYOB, and you can right. get bucket naked and do whatever you want to do. Huh. There, there's other, there's other places. I think that was... At one point, uh, I believe North Carolina was like that, where you, they boobs and booze were okay, right, within reason. But then a fully right. naked, if that was allowed, then or maybe I'm thinking of Virginia. I can't remember one of them, or maybe it was South Carolina. It's been a long North time Carolina. since I remember. Yeah, North Carolina for a while, you could have boobs and booze, but you couldn't get fully naked and do like weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Unless it was an oxygen bar. <laughs> an oxygen bar. Yeah, so huh. oxygen bars where they where you do and 
you can breathe on the full oxygen tanks or have water <laughs> drink. They do these like spritzers and stuff like that. So as long as there's no alcohol involved, you can get just fucking crazy with cheese whiz here. <laughs> wow. Wow. No, that's awesome. That's that is weird, yeah. man. It's pretty weird. Uh, Virginia, you can't show your butt cleft. That's a big deal. Huh. Uh, Dude, my how, former how do how do how do plumbers exist there? Exactly. <laughs> Never thought about it that way. Oh, we could have used that. I'm not going to lie. I've probably done that in Virginia and transgressed and without known. even my knowledge. Not even yeah. known, man. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think I had to sign a contract saying I would not show my butt cleft. The I ALE think- signed a contract in Virginia that I would not show my butt cleft. That is so strange. I think it's, I don't know if it's North Carolina or if it's Oklahoma or maybe it's both. I can't remember. But one of them was um, at at the topless bars that the dancers had to, like, basically paint over their nipples with clear acrylic. Yep. That's, it's not a thing anymore. Public nudity is actually legalized now. You can, you, can, you can be out on the street and have your shirt off and it's not a big deal. Yep. So we legalized that, and we legalized weed here the last couple of years. So wow, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Maybe I should uh, move back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a, just another couple Come of reasons. On, North Carolina. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Crazy. Are you familiar with the Jenna tortures? I ask everybody that that is involved in the sideshow world. Do you ever heard of the the Jenna tortures? Um, they were a, a band that was around. They were, it was a band, but they would also do, you know, these really elaborate uh, like sideshow type things while they're playing music. And uh, gosh, they they toured around. I know they toured around the South a lot in the nineties because I lived in. Florida at that time, and they were a pretty big deal. But they they did that. They and and then there was another band. I've actually talked to Tron about the Impotent Sea Snakes. They own a uh, or they owned a venue in Atlanta uh, called the Masquerade, uh, which is a pretty big place where bands would come through. But they were banned in like every state. Like they couldn't they couldn't perform anywhere because of what you were talking about the regulations and stuff, you know. They would show up and there's like, you know, 12 people on stage, you know, piercing each other and, you know, shooting flames and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So I wish I had had come across those cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that was oh, I'm going to say Jenna tortures around in the in the or I think definitely the early nineties, probably the eighties yeah. also. And they then, were I they they were late eighties, early nineties yeah. for sure. Because I remember um, when I was working in a, uh, in working in record stores in the early yeah. mid mid nineties. Yeah, that I remember seeing their you know CDs and, yeah. and stuff. So yeah, she was real pretty. She there was a she was, yeah, a, she was fe- fe- a female fronted band. I never listened to their music. I I would assume it was metal or something. I think um, it was more like kind of like industrial, industrial, you know, like skinny, yeah, 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 puppy, stuff right, like that. Yeah, because yeah, you know yeah, that, yeah. that went right. along with yeah, a that lot makes of sense. The, uh, you yeah. know, because it was they were like and they were piercing. They were uh, kind of some beat like you know BDSM, BDSM kind yep. of stuff. Yep. You know, just that. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, you can, you can kind of get that with the name of the band, but um, yep. 
but yeah, they were they were a spectacle and they were like they were pretty big, but you know, you yeah. could like certain a lot of places you just would not see them. Right. Like, because right. they did. Well that and and like the Jim Rose uh circus, right. you know, that was big when we were growing up too. So you know, and of course, you know, the circus um sideshows go back, you know, yeah. hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of years, so that's very cool. All right. Well, so have you got any like um, any crazy stories that happened while besides you know that the 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 learning of where not to pierce yourself? Have you had any kind of crazy stories from your performance side of your life? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I was doing a show in Charlotte at the Skylark. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been playing with uh, using curved needles versus straight needles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of the burlesque girls use the big, um, the big capes that have the sticks, so they have these big wings and things. Uh-huh. So I have this act where I have the big sticks with the wings, but the point is for me to needle the wings to my arms, so oh, wow. they're already attached to me. My arms are the sticks. Wow. And wow. I'm using these curved needles instead of straight needles, and I was so proud. They were so pretty and sparkly and matched my costume so well. I'm on stage, I pull my arm out, my uh, uh, left arm out, to hook it to the upper part of my arm, which is where my near my bicep is, it, is at. Um, so I get two hooks in, no problem, do the other side to get two hooks in so it looks nice and even. Go to prep the fabric to put the third hook in, and I pierce it completely through the underside, like through the muscle. Oh. Under that muscle. <laughs> oh. What do you do? And I immediately... Well, I immediately realized that that's not correct and that's not good. And that's <laughs> but I still have to finish the act. So I finish the act and put the other six needles in and do all the needles. <laughs> wow. And finish the act. And as I'm walking off stage, I'm like, I am totally bleeding all over the floor. <laughs> and I'm just dripping my way back to the dressing room to take them out. And as soon as I take the needle out, that's when it's just like, oh, shit. All right. And here we go. So it's just bleeding. Oh, so man. That's when I feel bad that I'm bleeding all over a venue, but thankfully it's a venue I've performed at before, and no folks, they're yeah. more worried about me than than the floor or anything like that, which right. is good, but yeah, um, I no longer use curved needles for that particular act, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> apparently I get too excited and just went right through that muscle. Wow. Um, oh, man, that's... Yeah. Yeah. How... how so for the next... How... Icing it. Yeah, and massaging the tissue because um, if you puncture through a muscle, you can actually cause atrophy, so the muscle won't work proper. Sure, and that's my bicep. <laughs> oh wow, that would have been awful. Right, and I'm a piercer, and I need my arms to work and my hands right. to work and all that good stuff. So, yeah. yeah. How we much? Just revise that. How much time do you need be- to recover between shows? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Sometimes more time than I give myself, because um, yeah. there's a lot of times where I'm doing stuff back to back to back, um, but it's it's part of it. And you're so. re- and you're like re-piercing those piercings. You just kind of move a little hair over, just, uh, okay. just move like or whatnot. Try to same visual look to it, but just go a little bit below or in between and that type of thing. Um, I needle my my butt cheeks. That's the hardest part to deal with. Typically, the next day after multiple uh, days of doing, it. I imagine. Well, yeah, sitting's yeah. weird. 
Yeah. And then if, if you have to drive to the next show, that's sitting. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So, so, san- so yeah. sanitation is like really important probably for you, I'd imagine. Oh, absolutely. I have a lot of antibacterial soap in my life. Right. Uh, a lot of salt, <laughs> salt treatments and right. antibacterial soap in my life. Um, I try to prep areas before I do stuff. Some of the acts that I do... Um, the needles are preloaded into my arms, so I'm not picking them up off the floor or right. anything like that. So I cut out cross-contamination and stuff. That's good. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you, sorry. Um, have you done any kind of like um, any kind of like the suspension suspension work? Uh, yes, I have. Um, it's been many years since I've done any suspension and. I, the suspension I have done has not been with performance per se. Okay. Um, it's all been with the body modification industry. So it's been with, uh, there was a group I used to work with called Holdfast in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, Andy McDowell, he's in Minneapolis now. But um, I've done some work with him with doing suspensions just for my own personal, I wanted to do it and right. play with it. That. But I haven't had too much opportunity with like flesh hooks or suspension with um sideshow i can have no problem with it but yeah i I remember as a very little kid uh seeing um the movie man the man called horse yeah and uh part of that famously part of that is where he goes he gets goes through suspension and Mm -hmm. they you know and i don't know if they really did it or not but like it was one of those things as a little kid that really was like, what the fuck, you know? And then, you know, and then I, like, I I don't know if I asked my dad or somebody, but somebody explained to me, like, this was part of their, you know, tradition. And it was kind of a spiritual thing. And I was like, wow. Yeah. Like Um, I've heard stories about that too. Yeah. 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 Part of it for me was not only the industry that I was in, but, um, my grandfather was full blooded Cherokee Indian. So, I had heard of the Sundance and stuff like that prior. Um, so it was something that I kind of wanted to be able to explore, seeing how I was in an industry where I had you know, access to it and had a group of friends that I trust and had been doing it for a long time. And it was like, you know, let me experience something that I know I have had past family members do and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was also very here and stuff like that for a little while. Sure. Um, as far as like, I want to see the spiritual side of it and whatnot. Right. I'm not going to lie. It, not that I didn't enjoy it. Not that I did not get a lot of experience from it and uh, have great moments with it with people I was working with. I did not have an out-of-body experience. <laughs> right. I did not see gods, uh, deities, anything like that. Um, but it's definitely an experience. But don't go into it thinking that you're going to have some major spiritual overwhelming epiphany in your life from doing it because i've never had that happen right yeah yeah that's that's yeah i would imagine that that's an kind of an exception of course you know i mean i don't know maybe there's some kind of other preparation more that you would have to go into but then again it may just be that it did take you know i mean some people just don't have certain reactions to whatever and it's your body is creating that kind of uh exactly. chemical it, storm you know to get yeah. you to that out-of-body kind of experience so yeah Uh, and the reason i say that is there are a lot of people in my industry that promote it that way that it's going to be this Mm -hmm. made 
life-changing thing. And for 80% of the people, it, it's not. It's just, it's a wonderful experience. Don't get me wrong, but you're not going to see God. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Take DMT if you want to see God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. As I'm told. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Yeah, I had heard um, somebody had told me that uh, in Native American culture, I've heard it stories about um, that's how you be you would become a brave. It was a, a rite of passage. Yeah. And then I've also heard that yes. you also um, would mourn um, someone's passing by hanging. I don't know if that's true, but uh, that's what yeah. I heard. So. But yeah, it's intense, man. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of into that kind of not I'm not you know into hanging or anything like that, but I'm into the folklore of of um, putting your body in in uh, very uncomfortable situations and um, to see what the mind can do and to see what you can overcome. And so I, it that's fascinating. It's it's yeah. def, it, you know I, I I get like you know back back when they were practicing that kind of stuff they had a whole different uh you know concept of life and it was you know something that was passed down to them for generations and 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 they had a probably a different way of looking at it but you look at it now and you're like holy shit man like you know i would imagine though i would imagine that they will. They look at it like holy shit. But then at the same time, they also they do it because it is. It was part of their culture, and in many cases, still is, or something like that. Is part of a culture that is for outsiders is so extreme and so bizarre right. Right. that yes. you know to us right. it'd be like what the hell? What what are what are they thinking? You know, right. well, it's like um, it, whereas for them it's just like well this is part of our tradition. This is part of our belief. This is part of right. what we do. This is absolutely normal. Right. And you know, yeah. it's right. It's like you know a, because it's like the Japanese version. Like it's like Harry Carey in in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, we look at that as what from Westerners' eyes and think, well, why the fuck would you do that? Why would you commit suicide like that? But in their culture, it's totally acceptable and yeah. it's a way for them to redeem themselves yeah it's honor yeah. it's honor you there, know there's there's an origin to almost every piercing that we do there yeah and it's multicultural that's not just it didn't come from one place it come from multiple multiple places right um you know i, I was always fascinated with the mayans um <laughs> that's kind of how i got into modification actually was stretching my ears uh-huh. um because right. i got really into mayans and that culture piercings were very predominant they were a social standing they were status um much in the same way uh with india as well um but there are many cultures out there that piercings are every day it's what you do at a certain age right you you know and to to get your status in your you know yeah like look at the african um the the neck stretching you know Mm -hmm. what a weird thing right i mean um, we look at that, I look at that and I go, wow, that, what does that mean? You know, but in their culture, it is, it is a, um, uh, it's a status thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah. status and beauty. beautiful. Exactly. They it's consider beautiful. It beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. Have a elongated neck. It's beautiful. It's just the same with, you know, the Chinese with feet binding and stuff yes. like that. Having super tiny feet. That's feet right. It's a beautiful thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how painful and excruciating it was to do it. Um, 
there are a lot of things that have expanded uh, to today as far as like uh, uh, waist binding and things of that nature, yep, which is right. very Victorian. Um, to the tinier your waist, the prettier you were, and things right. of that nature. Right. Um, of course, it's uh, like with the African culture, the labret piercing. Here mm-hmm. we do a small little ball, ball, little piercing underneath your lip. But in Africa, you're going to stretch it. You want a plate in it. You want at yeah. least a three right. to four inch plate. Right. To be beautiful there. Yeah. Right. And of course, um, a lot of a lot of the traditional piercings, those older ones with like the feet bindings and the ones that are with towards you know women. Um, a lot of that is also kind of about control and about you know kind of like ownership and like kind of stuff like that where you yeah. know unfortunately but it is part of the tradition it's part of the culture it's part of what's come up but still you know i mean it's fascinating all around so i mean it's you know i mean just think about how strange somebody would find it that you know here's this group of people that pretend that this little bit of that pretend to be they, they, here's this huge number of people this giant group of people who um pretend to be cannibals you know and by eating a piece of bread that they pretend is a body and by drinking grape juice that they pretend is blood yeah, yeah. you know that's really strange that yeah. is a really really strange yeah. thing you know but that's that's what it is you know i mean it's all about the symbolism of it it's all about what's been put into it and and you know you know yeah so yeah yeah, yeah i enjoy the parts that aren't necessarily about beautification um, it's like the Mayans, they stretch their ears because they thought that they could hear the gods. They thought they could hear people talking mm-hmm. about them behind their backs because right. it would make their ears bigger and they, they would, it would amplify mm-hmm. and they could hear better. Um, but yeah, they thought the bigger their ears, the, the closer they would get to God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. I love it. Yep. <laughs> now we're stretching our ears so we can hear the music better. Right. I'm just trying to hear music uh, these days, man. My wife tells me I'm going deaf, so. <laughs> Barry, as many bands you played in and I know, man. shows that you did. And, you know, cause Barry was an audio, um, he, was a, he was an all-around um, band guy. Like, whatever, you know, in the music industry, he, he, he toured in bands and played on stage. He played, he did sound off stage and the side and and managed and he's done all of that basically anything you can do uh in 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 the music industry pretty much barry's done it and so i i don't doubt that your ears are oh dude have shot, not playing more. yeah playing drums at 12 i mean that's when it started 12 yeah. years old you know so a gunshot you know every yeah. second um i don't doubt i'm i'm losing some hearing but but anyway i can understand yeah i did uh merch for uh bands from like 2009 till about 2016 uh-huh. um i worked i was a merch manager for farmageddon records for many years okay. worked a lot of festivals uh yep. did merch for yellow Wolf and hibbley casino uh-huh. so it, it it becomes a thing where it's like i'm sorry i'm deaf it's it's because of my occupation i can't help it right. <laughs> absolutely man yeah 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 that's part of the reason yeah. why I got out of it, honestly, because I felt like I was doing more harm than you know than good at that point. Mm-hmm. Right. Know? And my hearing is important to me, but you know, right. And I'm in my forty, mid forties, you know, so it's like it's gonna happen. You know, this is when it starts to decline. So, but same here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, we 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 
we love these types of stories because because Adam and I we there you know with music we've both toured a lot and um, I mean I toured for years and so there's so much you know camaraderie in that mm-hmm. world and 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 sort of touring like a gypsy you know what I mean like there's just a thing that happens to you when you're when you're out and you're performing for people you're in front of people. You have it's it's you know for lack of a better term it's kind of magical uh, mm-hmm. what what oh, yeah. what transpires from night to night with different crowds and yeah. how you can feed off of that and how you start learning you know the difference between you know what kind of energy this crowd is giving you and that is gonna yeah. you know that's gonna determine what you're gonna do in response it's great it's just. We love this kind of stuff, so... Um, yeah. Yeah, you know. we miss it really bad. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm, I'm the, the lucky one, actually, during this quarantine, because with me predominantly working at the studio, I've been allowed to go back to work, but everyone else that's here with us, you know, Jeremy Cutthroat, you know, Waddy Alabaster, um, Scarlet Storm, they can't, we, we can't perform. We can't really go yeah. on the road right now, so it's it, we miss that so much, and it's not the same when you're trying to do a virtual show. You're trying to capture that, and you hope you're capturing it for the person that's viewing it, but on this end of it, it's very difficult. Sure. Yeah, I can imagine. It would, to me, it would seem like it's, you know, it's almost like you're playing in front of a mirror, like your little kid pretending, right. you know, because you're not yeah. getting the actual feedback and yeah. the actual, you know, energy. And there's something really to be about that, like Barry said. Yeah. I feel bad for the performers that are actually like alone, alone. Uh, we all feel very lucky that we got quarantined together. All right. That's yeah. There's a house full of clowns, so one's going to happen. Right. Yeah, which you know brings up a good point. You know, it's important to for people to stay in touch with each other. You know, and, and reach out. You know, we we've talked about that a little bit on last week's episode. You know, we need to we need to when this was recorded last week's episode, but uh, you know. Stay in touch with your friends, and uh, this is a this is a time when you need to be connected with people. We're you know we're pack animals, and we need we need each other. So, you know, keep your head up, and stay focused. Yeah, on, there. yeah, use what we have. You know, right? Social media, all that. Stay connected. Exactly. Yeah, because we have a lot more options and ability to you know to stay connected than we used to where you know where we just had a, a you know a plug in the wall telephone and a you know Can you imagine a, if this happened in 1992 yeah. if this happened in 92 yeah well oh. you know but here's the thing essentially this happened in like like 1919 with the spanish flu oh yeah and they've gone back and found like people's diaries and stuff and it's basically the same thing that everybody's complaining about they've read all their books they're they're totally bored of everything that they've done and they're tired of being around the people that they're being they're around but hey they're alive you know and that yeah. was that was a lot a lot worse and a lot scarier because we didn't have the technology and no and knowledge that we do now yeah. right so mm-hmm. yeah if you got it you were pretty much dead so yeah yeah but I, I would think in '92 there would be a lot of people, a lot of Nintendo, uh, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> old school yeah. NES man, right. ski yeah. racing through Zelda and uh, Mario Kart right. or Mario, not even Mario Kart, dude. You know, right? So. right. <laughs> <laughs> you have that, that. You build up that callus on your thumb from the the old square rectangular controller. You know, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, wow. Good stuff. Yeah. 
Now, Wendy, that was. Uh, well, do you have first of all before we close out? Do you have anything else for us? Because what you've given us has been fantastic. It's great. Uh, <laughs> um. Nothing that I can think of off the top of my head. <laughs> no worries. Well, that was I don't have to promote. <laughs> I'll be at Golden Spiral every day, <laughs> Wednesdays and Sundays from noon to six. <laughs> I'm happy to adorn you. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Go see Wendy. Tell them. Yeah. Tell them you're from Weirdsville, and uh, you know. So um, that's the code word. I don't know what it means, you know, but uh, it's something. So. But, yeah, thanks for sharing all that. That was great, very informative, uh, really cool. And, of course, anytime, you know, uh, anytime you guys have any stories or whatever you want to share, or just, you know, get a hold of us. And we have an open-door policy. You know, Jeremy and Scarlett, they know they're, they've been back a few times. And we uh, we, we, we love all you guys there as part of the uh the 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 cutthroat and thunder snow cone you know crowd um because you guys you guys really been supportive of us and we really appreciate it and uh Absolutely. you know we just, you very much. Yeah. Love we, what just you're doing. we want you to know that so but yeah absolutely well cool deal Hey everybody, you're listening to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. You probably knew that already because you're listening or downloaded to the episode off of your iTunes or your Spotify or whatever place you get your podcast from. We want to thank you for listening. We also want to remind you to like us, follow us, subscribe to us, make sure that you get your new podcast episode every week. We'd also like to ask you to rate and review so that we can grow our audience and we can have more friends, we can have more stories. So thanks for listening to What's Your Weird Story. Wendy, Queen Monkey, thank you. That was awesome. Very educational. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was really... You don't think about all the things that you go through, you know, when you have a job like that. And she did a great job of really mm-hmm. laying that out for us. It's been a while since I've had something pierced. Yeah, it was just, it was really, it was really cool. You know, and I think it's a great thing, the service that she provides. Mm -hmm. uh, Because it's not, it's not just, you know, piercing. It's also a little bit of, you know, psychologist and a friendly ear to bend. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just, it's it's cool. It was a really, a nice, nice look into her, her, her life. Yeah, yeah. Got that bartender kind of aspect. Exactly to it where you have a you very much have an intimate relationship with a piercer you know right. or, or you know a tattoo artist but right. more so with the piercer yeah. especially if you're getting anything below the belt yeah um for sure but but yeah like uh that's really cool so yeah if you are uh in the greensboro north carolina area and you want to get your uh junk pierced or any other bo- body part pierced um you can go to the Golden Spiral Studio downtown. That's where you'll find Wendy, aka Queen Monkey, down there piercing away, and uh, that'll be that would be really cool. Just tell her um, that we sent you. Yeah, that you're from. Tell her you're from Weirdsville. Absolutely, and, and hopefully, so. hopefully they can get back on the road where she can, you know, continue doing her burlesque, yeah, uh, show, yeah. and you know, we're we're all hoping for the ability for for entertainment to come back into our lives in the live setting so 
Yeah, yeah. You know, look, looking forward to that. Yeah, we will get there. It's just going to take, you know, it's going to be a little time. So, you know, just remember to get out there when you're out there in the real world. Wear a mask. Do all the personal, keep yourself safe, safety first. You know, I know a lot of people don't like wearing a mask. But, you know, it's not just about you. It's about everybody else. Yeah. We've got to do this for the entirety of Weirdsville and uh, and for the world. Yeah, you know? that's right. Um, so it's, you know, because we are, despite our many differences, we are all one, you know, we're, we're one world. We're one people. We're all the same. We all bitch and complain, but we're all the same. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. So anyway, also I, I want before we leave, Barry, I wanted to drop a few things, okay. um, some congratulatory uh, messages to my friends, um, the to Future Islands, who dropped a really cool new single uh, a couple weeks back called "For Sure," um, and it's got a really cool video as well. You can find that on YouTube or wherever, cool. and you can find uh, "For Sure." On all the you know music platforms, Spotify and 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 uh, iTunes and all that stuff, and it's really cool. If you like Future Islands, uh, it's right there in your league. If you don't know, aren't familiar with Future Islands, go check them out. Um, they've got a really cool kind of soulful, new wavy, dancey style, but a lot of a lot of soul. And Sam's got some really incredible lyrics, and he always has yeah. back when we were doing Art Lord and stuff, but uh, good stuff from a great band that I was uh, at one point part of um, long ago in a different life. Um, and also, from Future Islands, uh, William Cashin, who's the bass player, but uh, also uh, just little William to me, um, he has released his first solo album, and it's an instrumental album. It's called uh, Postcard Music, and you can get that um, on. You can get the physical media copies, or you can find it on uh, digitally on uh, all your platforms and everything. Um, it's really cool. It's very ambient it's very atmospheric it's very like meditative uh-huh. um so if you're into stuff like that it's definitely a good soundtrack to get pick up and listen to because it's like super chill cool. and you know like good to have in a background while you're like meditating or like maybe working on art or something of that yeah. nature but uh but really fantastic and i just want to congratulate uh my boys on all their work for getting that out because you know it's a difficult time now to release new music and uh new things because you know musicians can't tour obviously we just like just like our friends the freaks can't tour and that's their livelihoods so yeah. it's difficult so if you can you know, help them out as well uh, by buying digital copies or real-world copies of their music. Um, that's cool. And, hey, you know what? Speaking of which, Barry, we have a Patreon live now. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. If you guys enjoy the show um, and, and you feel it in your heart that you'd like to contribute something financially, it doesn't have to be very much, but... Um, we uh, put a lot of work into this, and um, it, it, it's just nice to get a little bit of something to help sort of, you know, propel the wheel down the road. And we've got extra content that we're giving to our Patreon members. 
Yeah, yeah. There's different platforms. There is a uh, there's a two dollar platform. That's uh, thank you. We appreciate your support. There's a five dollar platform, and that's the sticker club. You get um, our thanks and eternal gratitude. Plus, you get some cool stickers sent to you in the mail. And then there's also a uh, I believe a twelve dollar platform. And the twelve dollar platform is you get the stickers, our eternal gratitude. You get a the bonus co- audio content. Uh, and uh, you'll get your name shouted out as a patron and elder of Weirdsville at the end of every show. Very cool. So, um, so yeah, so I guess it's Patreon backslash What's Your Weird Story without the apostrophe and the question mark because um, they wouldn't let us have that. But, uh, but yeah, check it out. If you feel generous and you feel like, you know, you want to support financially the show, that was, uh, that's awesome. We also, you know, I mean, if you want to support the show by sharing it with your friends, please do. Share it with your enemies. If you would, we'd love it. If you uh, would go and rate us, give us top ratings on wherever you listen to your episodes, give us top ratings and leave us a review. I know iTunes especially reviews are very helpful there and ratings as well but reviews are really helpful because yeah. those pop up and help people see us and weirdsville to grow by leaps and bounds so if you're on itunes or you got an account and you got a little bit of time just go there and say great show we love these guys whatever and we would appreciate that and we'll read of course you know we'll read your review there on the on the on the on an episode a future episode like we've done in the past. It's been a while since we've got a review, but uh, but that's okay. So yeah, there's lots of things going on. Yeah, I guess <laughs> absolutely, and yeah, and regardless, uh, this will continue to be uh, free, no of charge. So yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, we appreciate anybody listening, and uh, you know, again, we couldn't do it without you guys, and we couldn't do it without your stories. That's and yeah, the ultimate support is being on the show and sharing your stories. So. Um, lots of cool stuff coming up next week. We have Mandy who is, uh, calling in from Chapel Hill, North Carolina and has a haunted bar and restaurant. And yeah. that is, it is, dude. it is a wild one. It's a wild ride. Yeah. It's awesome. So check it, check that out. In the meantime, go down to Greensboro, get your, uh, get your junk pierced. Send us a picture. Maybe. Or not, you know, whatever. I guess I, I backtracked that a little bit. I mean, I'm open for it. If you want to, that's totally cool. I got no problems with it. I'm, I'm not asking for it particularly well. But um, anyway, hey, uh, until then, until whatever, I'm, I got to get us out of here. Hey, everybody, have a great week. Be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Till next time, be safe. Be weird. Stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.